Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity, your host, and today we have the privilege of having Miss Angie joining us. Miss Angie is an emotional balance expert and the author of Knickknacks on the Shelf to help people control their emotion so that they can improve their relationships, their finances, and their health, and the health of their families. This book will be published in January 2024, but you can already connect with her and hear everything about her. Miss Angie, thank you so much for being here today. I thank appreciate you. Thank so I appreciate you having me. All right, Miss Angie, my first question for you. We are on Real Talk, Real Women, breaking yes. the silence around abuse and our audience are craving to know what kind of abuse did you overcome? Do you actually understand me? <laughs> yes. So that's my first you. question, right? <laughs> so what is your story? What kind of abuse did you overcome in your life? So because my mother left when I was so young, she left state of crisis for more than nine years. And it took him more than nine years to even come to some solidification of life is okay. He was wrought with anger and rage and resentment um, for the loss of a child at six months years of age, six months old. He buried his first son um, he, his father died at three, so he never had any real mental, you know, male role models. And so he really struggled through what my biological mother put him through. And all of that trauma drips. We are broken people raising broken people. So as that drip comes out of us, who does it land on? It lands on the innocent, it lands on the people that can't possibly comprehend it. What child can comprehend that grief? And there, there really isn't one. And so to understand those emotions and to understand the controlling of those emotions for me began at the age of two and went all the way until I was 18 years old and married and maybe a little bit more when I realized that I had a gift. I could read people very quickly, but that was a defense mechanism. And so now I use it to help people to find their happily ever after. And that's what I hope for everybody. You went quiet. Okay. So Miss Angie, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I understand that you were raised in that kind of family. Yes. So with all that rage, I understand that mental and emotional abuse was daily occurrences. Yes. My was father actually, at the age of nine, told me to pack my bags. I was moving out because I spilled peanut butter and jelly on the counter. <laughs> And my Jeez. mother came home and she said, um, hold that thought. Let me go fix that. And so she had to rebalance all of the emotions and I didn't have to move out, but I was packing my suitcase. I thought it was gone. 
with no plan and no destination whatsoever no. at nine years old please oh, i was just gonna go somewhere i guess <laughs> i didn't know it's funny now it wasn't it's That's not funny. really funny when you are experiencing that because for no. you it's like your uh, your only home your only parents your only thing you know actually is rejecting you yes and you know with foster care we learned an awful lot of statistics that you know the majority of foster kids end up homeless there's like 70 percent that end up homeless 50 percent end up dead they have nowhere to go. And so, you know, you think about the statistics around foster kids and they are really living the hard, the hard life. No one's training them. Who's training kids today? And so now they're adults in society and they're not sure how to control these emotions or what to do with them. And all they feel is loneliness. They feel hurt. They feel rejected. And who is there to pick them up? And I want to pick them up. I want them to know it's okay to not be okay and that there is a better way. Let me show you how. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What is that moment in life? And it's probably later, after nine years old, that you suddenly realize, okay, I have a father who is actually Im immature emotionally, who can go in utmost rage and say completely out of the way of things. I have a mother who tries to make things work as much as he can, but it's not easy at all either for her. Right. At what moment in time do you realize, okay, my only shining armor is me. I am saving me. Well, I think that I began to remember about 15 years ago that my response is my responsibility. Your response is yours. So what do I want my response to be in light of any turmoil that comes my way? And I encourage people to write the script. If this happens, I want to respond this way and practice it. Do it. Because then at the end, you've said what you've wanted to say You've acted the way you've wanted to act. Now, when I had to move in with my father about a decade ago to assist him as he was getting elderly, we had to set some boundaries. You know, it's like, I'm me, you're you, you stay in your lane, I'll stay in mine, and we'll get through this. And I'm very grateful for those final years with him because we were able to really clear some of the air. Um most people don't know this, but at 17, my father required me to abort my baby because he did not want me to have to deal with a single parent. And he thought it best to go that direction. And it took me three decades to get over that. And you did actually gave in to that yeah. request. Yeah, I, I was under the age of 18. I didn't really have a choice. And so his power is no longer over me. I am the adult. Now, what kind of adult do I want to be? So I was able to take all of that trauma and all of those emotions that dripped on me. And I was able to decide this is what I want. This is what I think is best. 
Um, I use the Bible as my compass. If it's not in there, not doing it. And so putting the two together, a lot of study and a lot of work, I have been able to set my boundaries and I have been able to say, and this is what I will not. And I live by that. It's beautiful. Yes. And even in my marriage. So I've been married 36 years and my husband, we married at 18 and we've been married since. And I... I liken that to the fact that he is my husband. He has a lot to attribute to my life. He has a lot to bring to the table to help me keep those emotions where they should be. And if not for him and his solidness, I'm not sure I would have been as successful as I have been. Yeah. I believe that's behind a strong woman. There is a strong man. Yes. And behind a strong man is a strong woman. So you have that to, you know, we it's all both, each other. <laughs> it both ways. It's both ways. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. Wow. I'm happy for you that you have a good husband. Thank you. I am too. We yeah. think alike now. We are really one. It's very mm-hmm. comical. <laughs> we say the same things. It's very you have grown together as you were together yeah. from the age of 18. You have grown together. You have discovered and lived the events at the same time for 36 years. I mean, that's quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my grandparents were married 67. So if I can beat 67, I feel like I've done something. <laughs> Just be happy. Just be happy. <laughs> yes. That's the most essential thing. Yes. Enjoy love to the fullest. Live to the fullest. Just be happy. Yeah, as much as you can. We never know. Life is not granted. We right. never know when it stops, and it stops instantly, suddenly, and it's over. It's like, hey, I was not prepared. Yeah, you can actually never be prepared, but what you can is love fully. Right, but you can be prepared. Yes, you can. You can be prepared for even that which you don't know is coming. Mm-hmm. Write the script. So mm-hmm. I have a girlfriend who lost her 18-year-old daughter to a car accident. I didn't write that script, but I watched her rub the leg of her dead daughter's body. And it was very profound to me. And I remember many things from that event, but I didn't have a script. And I encourage everyone, you can always be ready. Write the script. Because in acting, which I've done, If you go with the script, you don't have to think about what you're going to do in the emergency state. You already know. So if this is going to happen, how do I want to respond? Because that's my responsibility. And if I have the script already written down and I follow the script, I can step away from that and said, I did the right thing. I responded the correct way. And that's what I want. I want to respond the correct way. And if I have to have a script to do it, that's not against the rules. No, it's not. It is not. So Mm -hmm. we can be under that for anything. So, Mm. and maybe this is what bringing your experience to customer service taught you that yes, you can have 
a rule book. Yes, you can actually study human behavior in a way to understand how to calm down someone who is so upset and so angry, especially when that person is not even able to separate you from the company you presence. Right. And I call that the teacup experiment. So whatever that. is in the teacup is coming out. So what did you put in your teacup? Did you put anger, frustration, and then you walked in my door and you tilted over your teacup. So now I'm trying to sell you whatever and your teacup has spilled all over the place. Now you're cursing me out. You're carrying on. How am I going to get the teacup back upright? Now, if I give you love, joy, comfort, trust, and all that goes in your cup, and then somebody shakes you, what's coming out? All those good things that went in. So dump the junk, put in the teacup that which you want to come out. And if that's in the cup, you're ready for anything. Even if somebody jars you, what's going to come out? I want love, joy, honesty, integrity, righteousness. That's what I want to come out. So that's what's in my cup every day. I don't put frustration in my cup. I don't put anger in my cup unless they're 15 years old. Teenagers don't count. <laughs> Teenagers don't count. Um, no, not yet. <laughs> we've got later. <laughs> but, you know, it's like you have to be on purpose. This has to be intentional. And if you're not being intentional, you're going to struggle. Mm. And the only way to not struggle is to be prepared. Definitely. So tell us a little bit about your book. My you are going to help people control their emotions so that they can improve their relationships, finances, yes. health of their families. So, so you understand that emotion is at the bottom of everything. Right. Like, so in my book, I'm going to talk about mental illness. Okay. But more so, I'm going to talk about the opposite of mental illness is mental wellness. Why do people not want to become mentally well? Because they identify it that way. Mental wellness is emotional balance. You can be mentally ill. Some people have PTSD. Some people have true mental illnesses. Schizophrenia is very difficult, but they are all symptomatic diagnoses. So how can you say a symptom can't be cured? If I take away the symptom, haven't I cured the person? Hmm. So if I can say mental illness becomes mental wellness, when you've balanced your emotions and we look at who truly is responsible for your mental illnesses, then we start to gravitate towards mental wellness, which is emotional balance. So that is what my book digs into. There's a lot of statistics. There's a lot of citing. There is a lot of examples in there of how I overcame mental illness. I could be chronic depressed. Have you met my father? 
I, my brother, my oldest brother punched me in the chest one time. I might've been seven. I couldn't breathe and I couldn't cry because my parents were coming. Who do you think would have got in trouble had my parents found out? Yosef and not the brother. Or the brothers. And then who would have brought it harder the next time? Can't tell on them because then it's coming harder. So I was trapped. I was the outlet that they used. See, I'm not an abused child, but I am an abused sibling. My brothers took out on me what my father dished out to them. Now, how do you categorize that? Should I have mental illness? Sure. Or should I be emotionally balanced? Which is better for me? Which is better for my husband? What is better for my worker? My team? If I'm emotionally balanced, then I'm not complaining to them. They don't want to hear my complaints. I don't want to hear theirs <laughs> to a degree. I want us to be functioning towards making our boss happy and bringing in revenue that makes the company grow, which gives me job security. So I want to be emotionally balanced. I want to be the shock absorber. I'm going to take all the blows like I have all my life, process them, put them where they belong, and be emotionally balanced. Because if I'm balanced, I'm not mentally ill. In a symptomatic diagnosis, when you can take a blood work test and tell me I'm PTSD, we might talk about it. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you can't do that. But PTSD is a lack of focus that happens mainly from PTSD, which is a constant drip of depression, anxiety, lack of focus, all of that. But it's all symptomatic. Prove it. They're just now proving Alzheimer's. <laughs> you know? Because it's a real thing. You can see it. You can see schizophrenia. You can see bipolar. But how often is it diagnosed? But it's an emotion. They want to sleep because it's easier to sleep than it is to hurt. Right? Yeah. That's a natural response when you hurt. That's a natural response. Let's go to sleep. Right. Sleep it out. Right. <laughs> so what if we dealt with the emotion that caused it? Mm -hmm. What if we made them balanced in that area? Then could they go and stay awake all day and go to work? Yeah. Would they be angry? Likely not even. Likely not. What if they knew where the PTSD came from? Hmm. What if they knew who was really responsible? Then what? See the point? Then they, yeah. I mean, by doing that, you go straight to the root cause of the mental disorder. Yes. So that by addressing the root cause, you do the inner work. You know, I am victorious over 15 years of domestic violence. Beat oh. down, raped, almost killed twice by strangulation. 
Yes. One thing I discovered is that emotional violence, emotional abuse, mm-hmm. is the worst of all. Yes. It because is. Really, it's narcissism. Mm-hmm. It's wanting to be in control of you when who should be in control of you? Me. Exactly. That's it. Nobody else. Right. But how much courage does it take to get in charge of you when you have someone who is narcissistic feeding it? Oh, man, that's awful because narcissism, one of the key traits of it is to be in imbalance, be in insecurity, be in fear and trying to impose on others responsibility, blame, um, everything going right and wrong, more wrong than right, of course, because if it is right, it's like, okay, of course, that's on me. But if it is wrong, it's on you. Of course, I mean, it has to be. But all of that is a desperate search for mental wellness, calming down their own insecurities, calming down their fear, their anguish, uh, trying to understand... um, Protecting their lies because life and is the big thing. I'm not sure it's even curable. I haven't done a lot of work into narcissism, but I I have some serious. I think it's a habitual thing, but it you know breaking a habit can take up to three months. Oh yeah, you know of, of deliberate, so, constant work. Exactly, but that's that's a commitment that a lot of narcissistic people can't make. But narcissism de- comes as a PTSD response to trauma originally. This is true. Right. So as it comes as a PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder response to a mm-hmm. trauma that was not dealt with early. Right. Then they disconnect with their emotion enough to be completely out of touch of empathy, out of touch of compassion, out of touch of others, of themselves, and then lashing out of others. Right. So do you know what the first PTSD is? Being born. Birth. Birth. I mean, when you think of it, (laughs) think of it. (laughs) It's like, okay, you are... When you think of it, you come as a little seed that yes. barely exists. Start right. with your heart. You have no consciousness whatsoever. You are still a, a spirit around like, hmm, yeah, probably, probably. Let's see if that works. <laughs> and then you let that little heart becoming slowly, slowly, slowly a thing. Right. With suddenly a brain, with arms, with something. Okay, now you start to become a tiny human being. This is when the soul comes in and says, okay, now I have something. But the soul is the perception, the the etheric spiritual connection. It's not all the words and all the processing power we have, our brain, our perception, our soul. It's not all of that yet. You have to learn how to eat. You don't know nothing when you come out. You know (laughs) nothing. That's right. And suddenly... So, and, and But then you start to feel because your feelings start to exist in right. the womb. Once the first you start thing they to do is smack you on the butt. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. So basically, now, out of the blue, your entire safe water 
yeah. safe womb with a safe womb regular of the heart of the mother right. suddenly exposes you you have yes. no other choice it's that way and that's it and that's it and right. now you go through that tunnel for the first time of your life you don't even know what that means and now you are in air you are not in water it's like now what guess why babies born are crying <laughs> that's right what's that it's crazy Put me back. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then it's like hey i think it sounds because now they are on the body of their mother Right. Okay, so yeah, that I know. And that voice, okay, that I know. And yes. it starts to connect. But it is scary. It is it traumatic. Is. Well, and I think it's scary up until all of life. I mean, when is it not scary? Can you go the out in the dark? No, the unknown. The unknown. scary. The yes. unknown. The unknown. So but how fear is a big one you you tackling fear is very difficult um i i don't know that i struggle with fear i'm not afraid to meet my creator i'm not afraid to uh but i've worked hard to get there it, th this wasn't an overnight thing and nor have i ever been truly faced with death so maybe i'll change my mind if i am but I've been with a lot of people who have passed away. So I, I know the process. I, I've had the honor of being with more than 10 people and our souls. And so, you know, I guess I just, I work very hard to not be afraid. And I work very hard to teach people to not be afraid. I mean, really what can hurt you that you choose to let hurt you? I mean, yeah, we're going to run into the cabinet. We're going to run into this. But what are you really fearing? Your life? I tell my doctor all the time, he's like, you're going to get sick and you're going to die. I'm like, okay, so you're threatening me with heaven. Got it. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> okay. So I'm going to see Jesus before you. I'm sorry. I'll let him know you're coming. But, you know, what do you do with that? So, So truly, what are you afraid of? <laughs> I don't know how to answer it. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid to go to heaven? No, are you afraid of where you're going? No, I think that the real afraid is I did not live enough. I did not love enough. I did not experience enough. I did not enjoy enough. I did not show gratitude enough. I think this is more that kind of fear. Like okay. I'm not finished. I'm not done. So there you go. You're not finished and you're not done. So why are you afraid? You are working towards doing more, giving more, caring more. You Nothing can't more. fix the past. You can only change the future. Mm -hmm. So why are you afraid of the future? You can't fix back there. So fix right here. And I tell that to everyone. What are you afraid of? Write it down. Write the script the next time you're afraid what you're going to do differently. Change your mindset. <laughs> I am not afraid to walk on the deck with no light. I'm not. Why? 
Am I going to fall down the stairs? I'll only do it once because I'm going to know the next time. <laughs> so what am I afraid of? I'm not afraid to go outside. Mm -hmm. I have enough rage in me to take care of that guy. I'm not worried about that guy. I can take him out. I ain't worried about him. Mm, I'm just not afraid. But I think that's a gift from the Lord. I, I think. I don't know. I think so, too. I'm, I'm just not afraid. And I encourage everyone to not be afraid. Find mm -hmm. out what you're afraid of. Dig into it. Write the script out. And choose love. Yes. Choose caring. Don't be afraid. Yeah, there's stage fright. Sometimes when I'm motivational speaking, I get nervous. But you can turn nervousness into excitement. Absolutely. It's the same energy. Yeah, you can turn sadness into happiness. So what? why can't we change the narrative? Why can't we change the way we're thinking? We can. And we can be okay. And it's okay to not be okay. It is okay. Just write the script on what it looks like to be okay. Mm -hmm. Write it down. Done. And the book will have all that for you in it in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> all right miss angie yes how do we reach out to you when we are listening to you and we sing you fantastic you where are you i am fantastic don't you forget it so the website is right there missangie.org if you go there you can get everywhere you can get to youtube you can hear my abortion story you can get to my facebook you can get to my instagram you can get to my linkedin you can send me an email through that website. You can book a session, a one-on-one -on -one life coaching session with me. I can motivational speak and I can come talk to your group if you need me to come talk to your group. I am available to anyone just about anytime, anywhere, except tomorrow because my daughter got the lead role in the play. <laughs> <laughs> I am committed to be there. Okay. Um <laughs> Nobody is really right. Uh, nobody is really available for anywhere, anytime, anybody. Hi. Always. Hey, gorgeous. <laughs> Hello. This is my Hello. many me. <laughs> right. Ron has a sense of humor. Fascinating. So, who is your ideal client who are your ideal people the people you love to work with it's so not the people everybody. that i love to work with are the the parents the bible says if you get the household the the father and the mother you get the household so i i really do but if you think about everybody is a customer everybody in some way shape or form is a customer and so i really prefer to speak motivationally to businesses to you know um business employees because then i've reached the mother and then i encourage them to take this home to practice so i'm getting the parents and i'm helping the business so it's kind of a two-fold thing you can absolutely book an online session where you are one-on-one -on -one with me and we will dig into those fears, into those challenges, and into those things that are really weighing you down. But if you feel weighed down, let me be the life ring. Let me throw you a life ring that will bring you back to the top and keep you afloat. Don't drown. Don't sit there and struggle. I see so many people struggling. 
And I, I just don't know what to say. I don't know if I should say anything, but it, it just hurts my heart to feel your pain. And so if you're one of those people, throw the life ring out. Just, just call me, email me. I don't care about bookings. Just, just email me through the website. There's a contact me, shoot me an email and I'll respond within 24 hours and we'll have a dialogue and we will get you a life ring and help you out. Um, but I speak to church groups. I speak to small groups. I speak to customer service groups. I have a trucking error trucking company, I think coming in October. And so whoever, it's just people who feel weighed down by life. Mm. How are you going to swim against the current if you're weighed down? Be weighed down. Let's let those weights fall. Let me show you how. Yeah. So. All right. So thank you for lifting. You're up. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> lifting up the weights. some. <laughs> No, I'm crazy. Some people say I'm crazy, but it's because I'm not afraid. It's because I'm forward and I'm confident, but it took me time to get here and it will take time for everyone to get there. But, but take the time for you, take the time to get you where you want to be. All right. Miss Angie, it's yes. an honor, a joy to have oh. you on the show. Thank you. Honor for is mine. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate Absolutely. it very much. Yes. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. All right.